Hey there, and welcome back to the World Hopper's Guide to the Cosmere. I'm your host, Arian, and uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at the best laid plans of preservation and ruin. Essentially, what was going on in Mistborn, what were the plans, who was on whose side, which shards plan ended up being the right one, which... What? It's super confusing. I'm halfway through a Mistborn reread as it is, and I'm still kind of trying to figure it out, but let's just take a gander at sort of... In general, the timeline of the first trilogy of Mistborn and, and, and what really happened. So, uh, without further ado, uh, spoilers, obviously, for the first Mistborn trilogy, and let's get to it. Alrighty, so let's start at the beginning of Scadrial's history. Really, we don't need to talk about the, the, the whole history of the Cosmere, but we can. So, you know, after the Shattering, Preservation and Ruin, two of these shards taken up by uh, Leras and AT respectively, end up finding themselves, like, called together because they are such natural opposites to one another. They settle on the uninhabited planet of Scadrial and decide to work together to create sentient life, in imitation of the humans they saw on Yolan and the humans that they both were. Preservation convinces Ruin to do it, because Ruin doesn't really want to build things, but Preservation promises that Ruin would eventually get to destroy all of it. So, with Ruin satisfied, they work together to create humanity. In order to create sentient life, Preservation sacrifices a little bit of his own power to give them that spark, putting him at a permanent power disadvantage. However, once this is done, Preservation then tricks Ruin. He creates a prison, sacrificing his own mind in order to trap Ruin in the Well of Ascension, and he also manages to condense part of Ruin's body into Atium, and turns his own power into the Mist. Thus, Ruin is significantly hampered and cannot destroy humanity, but he can influence people in the world, either by changing words not written in metal, or by communicating with people who have a hemallergic spike, because while preservation is the source of allomancy, ruin is the source of hemallergy, and they both come together in order to fuel ferrucamy. Meanwhile, preservation is essentially significantly hampered by sacrificing his own mind and power. So with this mist sort of set up as a as a an echo of preservation, they begin to snap potential allomancers in hopes of obtaining atium mistings so that they could burn Atium, Ruin's body, and keep him at a permanent disadvantage. However, this snapping does sometimes involve killing them. Now, Ruin is unable to fight the Mists because they perfectly oppose him in his trapped form, so he amplifies their power and causes the Mists to come out and block sunlight, destroying crops and turning the Mists into the Deepness, a hated enemy. Somehow, then, Preservation also has managed to create the Terrace Prophecies, which talk about the Hero of Ages. It uses a genderless pronoun, but these are eventually translated to he. The Hero of Ages is somebody who will essentially save the world and fix everything, presumably because Preservation has a pretty good future sight uh, by, by looking into the spiritual realm. Now, with that done, though, Ruin begins to, as he can, affect the Terrace Prophecies and change them because they're not written in metal. He convinces Quan, one of the Terrace World Singers, as well as the Terrace Men, that Elendi, a man from Clenium, 
is the actual Hero of Ages, the person who will go to the Well of Ascension and release the power in order to save the world from the deepness that Ruin basically created. In reality, the power of the Well is that of Preservation's Prison, which refills every 1,024 years. Ruin's goal was to get Elendi to release him. So, with that, Quan convinces the Terracemen that Elendi is the hero, and Elendi goes on his quest towards the Well in order to defeat the Deepness, and writes about his doubts and suspicions of Rashik, a Terrace Pacman, in a journal which will later be read by Vin. Quan then discovers that the prophecies have been faked, and that anything not set in steel is not to be trusted. He convinces Rashek to stop Elendi at all costs. In a, in a desperate play during Elendi's quest as he nears the well, Preservation forms the Mistform person who basically stabs one of Elendi's men. This doesn't phase Elendi though, as he truly believes that he is the Hero of Ages. However, then, right before he's able to take up the power, Rashik kills Elendi and takes the power of the well for himself. But instead of giving it up, and thereby releasing Ruin, Rashik selfishly uses it. He tries to fix the world and save the people from the deepness, but finds himself woefully unprepared. He moves the entire planet closer to the sun to burn away the mists, but then heats up the climate too much. So, he then creates the Ash Mount to block the sunlight, rebuilds the people to be sturdier, turns his fellow Pac-Men into Contra, and cements his own power as a dual Mistborn Farukamist Lord Ruler. Over a thousand years, he perfects the final empire, using his Nobleman and Ska. Now, at this point, we start to see that Elendi was kind of Ruin's agent, which means Rashik is kind of on preservation side, and we get that sense that he hates Ruin as well. And, as we learned from Mistborn's secret history, preservation has a special sort of affinity for the Lord Ruler and his ability to sort of keep things stagnant, no matter how terrible the final empire is. Ruin, meanwhile, despite being the Lord Ruler's enemy, realizes his capacity for destruction, even though the Lord Ruler wants to fight him. So Ruin slowly corrodes Rashik to become worse and worse as he becomes more of a tyrant. The creation of Inquisitors, Chondra, and Coloss all involve hemallergic spikes, meaning they can eventually be taken under Ruin's control, assuming he can get out of his prison. Now Ruin's plan still works in the background so he can be free. He can't let Rashik take up the power of the well once it refills a thousand years after he did it the first time. So, his next plan occurs ooh, about a generation before we get to Vin's story. Gemmel, Kelsier's mentor Mistborn, who we meet in uh, the 11th Metal short story, has a hemallergic spike. He was directed to find Kelsier and help him to become a pawn in Ruin's game. Gemmel introduces Kelsier to the idea of the 11th Metal as a potential way to kill the Lord Ruler, which helps motivate Kelsier into enacting his overall plan. Meanwhile, although Ruin needs to kill the Lord Ruler, he also needs someone who can release the power of the Well. The Inquisitors have too much of his influence to do it, so it must be someone else. Early in Vin's life, Ruin influences her mother to create a bronze hemallergic spike by killing her sister and turning it into her earring, and that would eventually let him influence her, let him influence Vin, and also boost and also boost her ability to pierce copper clouds. Thus, she can hear the pulses of the Well of Ascension. This, combined with Ruin's manipulation of the Terrace prophecies, primes her to eventually take up the power of the Well and release it. Now, Kelsier enacts his plan and sets off the rebellion. He destroys the pits of Hotsin, the hub of Atium, and he is killed by the Lord Ruler. 
Vin eventually, once she's captured by the Lord Ruler in Credit Shaw, gets her earring ripped out, which removes Ruin's influence from her, and she's finally able to draw upon the mists to fuel her allomancy, rips off the Lord Ruler's AT Embracers, aging him and killing him, thus demonstrating that Vin is secretly the Chosen of Preservation, who also plans to have her take up his power. The Lord Ruler tells her that she's making a huge mistake because of what he does for the world, that is, protected from Ruin. Vin later puts the earring back on, allowing Ruin to whisper into her mind, pretending to be her brother Reen. In the second Mistborn book, she sees a figure made of mists, an avatar of the Weakening Preservation who originally stabbed one of Elendi's Pac-Men, and this mist form disappears, unable to really communicate or do anything because Preservation's mind is not there. In addition, this book introduces Zane, aka the Watcher, a Mistborn half-brother to Eland who has a steel spike in his heart, allowing Ruin to whisper into his mind and tell him to kill everybody. Zane, however, resists the voice and tries to draw Vin away from Luthadel before she kills him. Vin then searches for the Well of Ascension, using her hemallergy-enhanced ability to hear alimantic pulses and find it to locate it under Credic Shaw. When there, she believes that she needs to release the power. When there, when she believes that she needs to release the power, Preservation's mist form once again appears and tries to stop her by stabbing Eland, hopefully getting her to take up the power and use it to save him. Instead, she feeds Elin Larazium, and she still takes the power of the well and releases it. Thus, Ruin is free. Meanwhile, though, in the Cognitive Realm, Kelsier has managed to save himself by trapping himself in the Well of Ascension before passing on to the Great Beyond. He talks to a dying preservation and gets beat up by Hoyt. So when Vin releases Ruben's power at the Will of Ascension, his plan is successful, and he is free to influence the world once more while preservation is still slowly dying. Ruin, now free, can more directly influence the world. He takes control of the Inquisitors, who have the most hemallergic spikes. However, neither he nor the Inquisitors can find the Atium, his body, which the Lord Ruler hid somewhere. Until then, he and preservation are about equally matched. Thus, he manipulates Vin towards finding the Atium. Kelsier, now freed from the well, can travel the Cognitive Realm. He learns about the Cosmere from Chris and Naz, and is taunted by Ruin. He steals a device from the Eyrie, a world-hopping group of Elantrians, that lets them ascend if a Shardholder dies. Then, when Preservation finally kicks the bucket, Kelsier steps in and takes his Shard. However, any time he tries to do anything with it, he is blocked by the equally powerful Ruin. Now, in the physical realm, Ruin's increased influence on the world leads to more ashfall and death. Meanwhile, the mists are still causing seizures in people for some reason, encroaching on the land and killing many. Vin and Elin find the emergency caches that the Lord Ruler made in preparation for the coming of Ruin. Eventually, they learn of the ability for the Mistborn to control Kolos. However, they learn that Ruin plans to do the same. Vin distracts Ruin, fighting the Inquisitors at Luthadel before ascending to preservation, as Kelsier passes off the power to her. As it turns out, the Conjure also have the Trust Warren, the secret stash of Atium. As Ruin begins to take control of them, they remove their spikes as part of the contract that they made with the Lord Ruler. Meanwhile, Elin receives a warning from the Mistform and realizes the pattern of 16 in the Mistfallen. One sixteenth of them are ATM mistings, and Eland realizes their purpose is to burn the ATM away. They do so, leaving Ruin to unable to attain more power. Marsh kills Eland, and Vin, 
realizing she has nothing left to live for, matches Ruin and kills them both. During the fight with Vin at Credit Shaw, Marsh has a moment of realization and pulls the earring free of her, allowing her to no longer have Ruin's influence, and so she can access preservation. Marsh kills Eland, and Vin, realizing she has nothing left to live for, nothing left to live for, matches Ruin, and basically just mutually assured destruction kills them both. This, as it turns out, was Preservation's plan. While Ruin chose Vin to be his champion using a hemolytic spike, Preservation did as well. He allowed her to use the mists to fuel Allomancy and to ascend without need of a device. He needed somebody who still had control of their mind and whose personality wasn't radically shifted by Preservation's inability to hurt anything. With that, both Ruin and Preservation fell and were picked up by Seized, the true Hero of Ages. As it turns out, the Terrace prophecies were real, presumably because Preservation has actual future sight, and Seized, as Harmony, manages to protect the world. Thus, it seems, Preservation's plan in the long run won, which was kind of wild. It's, it's a really interesting mix of these two massively powerful beings, Ruin, who's a lot less good at future sight, whereas Preservation is, but there is a lot of agency in the characters as well. If Marsh hadn't pulled out Vin's earring, for example, if Vin hadn't been able to sort of play on both sides, killing the Lord Ruler and finding the ATM. So with that, uh, this is another kind of shorter episode as I still try to figure out how I'm going to consistently do this during the summer. I hope it was somewhat helpful to get a recap of, of Mistborn. I tried not to make it super plot heavy and sort of focus in on the larger scale ruin and preservation stuff. Uh, let me know though. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for the intro music. Uh, if you would like to have any episode ideas, uh, shoot them over to worldhoppersguide at gmail.com and uh, I will see you in the next one.